0: Lord concerts are finally coming back on September 4th Lizza will make history as the first woman to headline Bonnaroo in Manchester Tennessee I just got
1: tickets to Bonnaroo and this insane lineup this year the the microscopic men will be there at like four in the morning. So I pull up to work, you know,
0: trying to have a nice, normal night. Well, that can never happen, but this is what I pull up to. Bonaroo? Hold on, y'all. Let's look at this. Festival of testicles. You, You really just can't make this shit up.
2: I'm not a Molly Monster candy kid riding the rails anymore. I just got my first business job but I'll be coming to this festival
1: every year until the day that I die. What the hell is this? Hey, Stone On
2: Air. If you are not listening to Brian Stone, who has been a fixture in Chattanooga for years, you better be, or I'm going to ask you personally why you're not.
0: I'm so happy i could die like brian
1: (laughs) yeah brian yes my name is brian
2: finally it's cool to be a chattanoogan finally it's cool to embrace this city when some of us have been saying this for 25 years mic drop
0: turn off the podcast
1: stone
2: on air yeah seriously just kill me now welcome in it is the first of the month, September. So rich, Depending on when you are listening to this. I'm if you're here for the first time, you thank you. Me, and I'm sorry. We grieve in this one together.
1: Me who would marry
2: me just uh, another one of those we can call officially the day after shows, right? The day after getting fired from a gig. The day after losing the Super Bowl after being up (laughs) 28-3, the day after, uh, you know, coughing up something just that you screwed up, you know, that you let get away, and uh, today is the day after the Bonnaroo cancellation yesterday. If you are uh, new to this show, I'd like to think there's at least one singular person who followed a hashtag or who followed a retweet or or a whatever a facebook post and wanted to hear bonnaroo conversation on the day after i'd like to think there's at least one of you if there's at least one of you thank you maybe there's more than that my name is brian stone chattanooga tennessee at stone on air on all social media is how you can get a hold of me i have been to every bonnaroo 18 of them 20 years ago but there's only been 18 as we've now missed two in a row as you already know And this is a podcast that I do about uh, the passing parade of life from a guy who lives in Chattanooga. So it's probably not going to do a whole lot for you most of the time. But for those who are regulars, today is about Bonnaroo and Bonnaroo only. All right. We're all caught up. We have all met each other. We're uh, We're all ready to go. So here's the deal. Obviously, everything has shifted in the last day and a half. I put this show together usually in two evenings. Sometimes all in the same night, it just depends. So on Monday night, I started making the open and the rejoins and the audio I was going to play in the anticipation of going to Bonru. Tuesday, we know what happens. The festival is canceled because of the massive amount of rain that has uh, turned the entire or at least a large portion of the farm into a swamp for a couple of days. So I'm not going to redo all my Monday imaging, as we call it in the industry. So it's going to stay there. But I have found one that I'm going to add to it. And that'll be coming up here in just a few minutes. So the second segment of the show later on is going to be what social media was saying about the uh, the, the, the Monday announcement that you could, you could ask for a refund and they needed to uh, lower capacity. And so good and bad social media reaction there. And then I'll also have the second portion of this segment will be the reaction after the cancelization. And in the final segment of the show, a little story from my Radio Bonnaroo days and made a couple of questions to myself. Could could this be the last time I do Bonnaroo? It's been 20 years now. Could it be? I'm to a point in life where sometimes you have to keep in mind that whatever you're doing in that moment, might be the last time you do it, or the might be the last time you do it in quite some time, because of many different factors, health, um, uh, priorities, uh, those kinds of things, changes in the landscape. It's just a question I asked out loud, and um, is this for everybody? Maybe Bonneroo doesn't survive two cancelizations. I don't know. So, that'll be the third segment of the show, and then I've got something I found from TikTok, and I've got uh, something that is just a spoof from college humor that is not nearly as funny now because nothing's funny nothing's funny right now but um here's another thing I'm I'm in that mode you know where you just you're so sad you're so mad you're so afraid you're so disappointed that you're just you almost just start laughing you know you know what I'm talking about and so I sit down on uh the night of the cancelization when I go to record this And I had this idea in my head. I'm an idea guy. Nobody ever cares about the ideas I come up with. But I like to think of ideas. Doesn't mean they're good. And I thought, I'm going to make a little montage of audio that I have found through TikTok, Twitter, just all over the internet. And I'm going to make a little song montage about this. And maybe, just maybe, maybe. I'm not talking about millions viral. But just maybe it'll grab a few thousand extra eyeballs and ears. And maybe it'll, uh, it'll drive traffic to the website and to the, to the podcast. And I have fun with that. I love doing those. You know, when they, they play the song and then they have the audio clips on top of the song and the song usually goes with a lot of the audio clips. So that was what I was working on. And I've used the version of My Hero from the Foo Fighters. It's a real slow, acoustic version live. So it makes the song sound a little sadder. And I figured that song lyrically would work out pretty well, even though it's not one of my favorites. Or I actually don't even really like it at all. And I started getting about halfway through. It's a four-minute song. I was two minutes in, and I was really starting to feel good about it. And I thought, this if nothing else, I'll be proud of this. Then my computer crashed, and I use a very old version of uh, audio software because I'm just so proficient in it. I can just do it so fast, and it's still so very good, but it's old and outdated, and it didn't save the way that I thought it had, and it didn't give me a chance to recover. And about two hours of editing and digging through countless uh, social media accounts and posts and hashtags. And I just, I didn't even get mad. I didn't yell. I mean, I just found out my festival got canceled five hours ago. And now I put in two hours of work to try to commemorate it. And it goes up in smoke and just, it's gone. It's just gone. That was about 10 minutes ago. I just said, you know what? Screw it. Hit play or hit record. Go now. Do the show. Do the show while it's fresh. Because I was just like, of course, that's what happened. Of course, of course, (laughs) of course, that's what happened. Um, I will likely be up late tonight, so I might be stupid and try to give it a try again and recreate it. Because I know that I can and it was going pretty well and it was going to be pretty good. I was going to put it on the podcast here, but. Obviously, the podcast won't get it. So, Um, yeah, I mean, Bonnaroo in September sucks. Uh, Last year when they canceled, I was having such a bad year and I was out of media work and I just didn't even want to mess with it. I was I wasn't sad that Bonnaroo got canceled last year. Everything was awful last year. And so I you know, and I don't want fake versions of the things that I'm used to. I don't want stadiums, a quarter filter and pods or all these. And I'm not paying full freight for that. Like I want what I want or I don't want it at all. And so when Bonnaroo got canceled in 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 twenty, I was fine with that. I had a lot of shit to worry about more than Bonnaroo at that point. That was just anecdotal and circumstantial to my life for sure. But when this got announced and it became um, a real thing, and we all thought it was about to happen, I started my luck started turning around, and I started getting the the, the access that I that I was going to need. But Bonnaroo is stressful, even in the most perfect of years or or just very very good organized years it's still stressful there's so much to do I, I there's so many things you got to do right and correct to make a great weekend and it always works out but every single year we're still me and several of my campmates and people that I talked to about this my whole life it still consumes us and this year I had some extra variables that I'm not going to bore you with what it is, but it has some health related stuff involved with some reaction that I got from a blood pressure medication that I was taking, and it, it, again, it's a long story. And I was having to be on the doctor on the phone with the doctor and make sure and get the right medication the other day, and then trying to meet up with these people, and then I got to try to get these tickets to that person and this check in there, and the rain, and what day we going? I mean, it was it, on Monday. I needed Klonopin because I was close to a damn panic attack. Not no joke. The 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 chest getting. Getting real tight. I had a bad day on Monday. And then into Tuesday, everything was starting to to um, to smooth out, other than the weather. But as far as for me, everything was starting to look better. And I was feeling really good. And I got my doctor got me what I needed. And I started to talk more about who's doing what and when we're going. And I nailed down the time I was going to leave. And then that hit and you know, the, the announcement. And then that was it. You know, I just I just blank stared. Just a blank stare because I I I needed it. I really really needed Bonaroo, but Bonaroo in September sucks. I've been saying it all year long. Ever since the tickets went on sale, all the uncertainty of this year, 2021, ain't been a much better than 2020. I mean, this this, this year totally sucks ass too. Um, I'll talk more about the the decision making and all that more into the second segment of the show. As a matter of fact, I, I probably will make this shorter than um, than usual because I'm just I don't know I'm, I'm scattered I'm sorry this is not this is not going to be one of our more focused and interesting and thought provoking uh, podcasts but I, I appreciate you being here anyway let's go ahead and play a little bit of audio just to kind of lighten it up just a little bit first of all I want to play I. I I had such a better idea earlier. Damn it! I had a better idea. All right. So this is just one I picked. This is a young woman, probably barely into her twenties—twenty-two, one, three, four. I don't know how the hell she was, but typical TikTok kind of video in the way, which obviously doesn't do you any good here on the uh, on the the spoken word audio format here. But this is um, she's just she's mad. A lot of a lot of language here too. So keep that in mind if that's something you're ever concerned about. This is, I'm just calling it, uh, I don't have a name for it. This is some really upset woman from TikTok just uh, yesterday.
0: So, Bonnaroo got canceled! And I fucking hate it! What the fuck? What is wrong with people? You're going to let a little bit of rain affect you? A little bit of thunder? Fucking pussies. Fucking pussy! I'm livid. This has been planned since March. March! March! During quarantine when I was fucking COVID positive, okay? So I'm invested! It's cool though, we're still gonna do everything that we're supposed to do, just not at Bonnaroo. But still, I'm fucking mad. And I'm on my way to get my vagina waxed, so... (laughs) Probably won't feel much because I'm so mad it'll probably feel fucking great! You know, I just had to take a COVID test for this fucking event. Today. Got my nails done for this event. Eyebrows, lips, all that shit. For this event. Haircut, keratin. For this event. All these outfits for this event. We bought a fucking And an air mattress, whatever the fuck. An AC unit portable. So a bitch wasn't hot. And what happens? What the fuck happens? It's okay.
2: Uh, All right. Ugh. There was a lot of those kinds of things. The thing with TikTok is they use a lot of visuals. So I wasn't able to get nearly as much audio from very disappointed Um, and angry and sad they weren't all like that a lot of them were very you know just sad and upset and like oh my god kill me now kind of things Um, and this is what I was gonna play it's old from college humor I've used this on the old talk station so it's at least five or six years old as we get ready to go to a festival that's you know some people don't understand why anybody does this Right, like there's a there's a huge percentage of the of the population that can't understand for a second why people would pay crazy amounts of money to go get basically trapped on a on a farm or or, or whatever the the venue is for that festival for a weekend. Like it's unfathomable to them, and I get that because. We're all individuals and we all do what we like and we all have our passions. And and like when I see people talk about going to uh, Disney and they talk about how much money it costs and all the things they have to do with their snotty, stupid little kids. And I think to myself, that is literally hell on earth to me. I mean, that is one of the most God awful scenarios I could ever imagine and you are paying thousands of dollars to do it are you insane what is the matter with you literally like i'm oh my god kill me rip my arm eyeballs out before i would do something like that and people think the same way about getting yourself on a farm with Porta johns and and high-priced food and beer and hey it's to each their own this is uh, I'm I'm calling it the all the way together the realest coolest thing and worst idea all together so realest coolest worst it's from College Humor it's if uh, if if music festivals were actually honest in their advertising it might sound a little something like this. This weekend,
1: the Apopotamus Music Festival is coming to Redfield, Redfield Illinois, Illinois. A town of 200 that is in no way equipped to handle an event of this magnitude. We're going to leave Redfield in shambles. Get here early because we're expecting 16-hour traffic delays in every direction. Someone call a civil engineer. The festival kicks off with an absurdly long entrance line. Spend three hours waiting for one security guard to feel you up and take your drugs. You paid us to molest and rob you. Then, it's on to the music. We've got 200 bands performing. 200. And with our schedule and logistics, you'll be able to see eight of them. Only with good planning. Including your two favorite bands. They're both here, playing at the same time. On opposite ends of the festival. Whoops. Our bad. We did it on purpose. Hungry? We've got the worst food you'll ever spend the most money on. In your entire life. Eight dollars for a bottle of water? That's right. Because you're our prisoner. After lunch, try to hold your breath as you patronize our putrid Sea of Porta potty. It's a shit shanty town. Don't forget your sunscreen. We hired a team of meteorologists to predict the hottest weekend of the year. Then we planned an outdoor music festival on it. We'd hold it in an oven if we could. We almost forgot to mention our sound system it's not good the outdoors have terrible acoustics so pick a band find a spot in the grass and get ready to get kicked in the skull by crowd surfers or try crowd surfing yourself if you want to lose your shoes and get molested again apopotamus you paid 300 fucking dollars for this
2: yeah it's more like four or five hundred dollars and the only thing i'll take uh, a, 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 a b- exception with. Is the what stage? The main stage at Bonnaroo is the most incredible sounding stage I have ever uh, been to. That I've ever experienced. Every single time, loud, crisp, clear. And uh, just an amazing place to see a show. Now, you run into some acoustic issues because of bleed over in the other areas of the festival. And, you know, I'll let other people worry about that. Uh, Once you're right on top of them, it's good. And the uh, Witch Stage, which is the second stage, has had sound issues over the years. But they have greatly improved that as of late in the last handful of years. And this year, they were already putting out posts from people who were setting up that they had made even more enhancements to the second stage. But the What Stage in Great Stage Park, the main place, is phenomenal. Phenomenal. Now I'm feeling sad again. Damn it. Damn it, damn it, damn it, damn it. All right, so what were people saying on socials after the opportunity to uh, get a refund was was given on Monday? What were they saying then? And then what were they saying immediately after the cancellation of Bonnaroo 20? 21. I will get to that coming up next
1: stone on air will be right back he's cool stoneonair.com
0: if you are in need of a good laugh today stop scrolling because I got a stupid story to share in honor of purchasing my Bonnaroo ticket for this year I'm going to be talking about something stupid that I did in Bonnaroo 2019 so I made one of my group's totem poles which was Groot the little tree guy I purposely made the backsides look scary and on night one of the festival I took a little bit too much of what I was taking and I was holding the totem pole and all of a sudden I looked up and I see it and I get terrified and my reaction was to smash the totem that I worked eight hours on on the ground I just remember stomping all over it and then later somebody in my group set this in a group message and was like who killed Groot I didn't know how to explain myself because I literally worked so hard on this shitty fucking totem just to destroy it the first night
2: Oh, I love this band, Young the Giant. They're going to be playing Sunday afternoon. The key word is "were." I had um, the opportunity to do stage announcements at the Signal about two years ago at the radio station I used to work for, and I'd only heard of Young the Giant. But I'll take a chance to get on a stage anytime I can, and. I went to the show and did stage announcements, and then you know stayed for the show and thought, well, first of all, I know about five or six songs that I didn't even know this band was called Young the Giant, and it was awesome. It was so good. Uh, this is one of their biggest hits. They usually close or says,
0: "My body." My body.
2: Uh, um. So that's just somebody that I saw. Um, yeah, sorry Um, that I found somewhere and just that's a funny little story and I did this promotion at another radio station I worked for about five or six years ago for a giveaway of shaky knees tickets that was uh, specific to my show on that radio show it's actually where this stone on air like thing started and I decided to do a giveaway where you had to write in uh, email a story and I, I'm just going on memory here of the the promo I made for it is something along the lines of, it was a damn good promo, too, if I do say so myself. Uh, I don't care if it's Riverbend or Glastonbury. If you've been to at least one day of one festival, you have a story, and I want to hear it. Actually, I think that's pretty close to what it was, Uh, and because it's so true. You cannot go to a music festival and not have a probably worthwhile story to tell because it is a people watching storytelling kind of environment that's why some of us are so damn in love with it now it might be a story that nobody else you know a, a large percentage of people don't care about but there's going to be somebody who does that whoever that was on the front end spends 8 hours making a stupid totem and then takes too much acid and then destroys it and beats the hell out of it the first night she gets there that's a great story that's a great story. It's not an inspirational story. Don't tell the kids about it. I mean, like the children. That's a fantastic story. And after 20 years of Bonnaroo's and shaky knees and and a music midtowns back in the day um, and any other festivals that anybody's ever experienced, it makes a lifetime of incredible memories. There's this stupid ass story going around between my camp and we're, we're a bunch of yahoos and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, the target of a butt of a lot of jokes, but, but one of the ones that sticks out that I, I, maybe I did, but I was too drunk to whatever to remember that I was spotted in the media tent where the big screen had the red hot chili peppers on the main stage. And I was singing into a long neck bottle, like it was a microphone. Okay. Well, there's a couple of flaws with this story. I don't drink beer or any drinks at that festival or anywhere else out of long neck bottles generally speaking it would be canned beer or drinks on ice or draft beer and i don't even like the red hot chili peppers really overall so i don't know every year i got to hear about the time i was singing into a bottle like it was a microphone is that a real story i don't know i don't care i hope it is real i don't give a damn so anyway um i was looking forward to another weekend of being able to um to just screw around. The weather was going to be so good. We were going to have so much fun. Even though we were terribly confused. Uh, that's one thing I will. I'm not going to be overly critical. Uh, before I get into that, a, f- a dear friend of mine, uh, Tara, on a uh, just a random friend, doesn't go to festivals really anymore. Used to years ago. Tara Willie. But her response to my Facebook post about my thoughts on the podcast uh, coming tomorrow was, you know, oh, I'm angry. I hope you give them hell, Brian. I can't wait to hear it. And I, I can't do that. I, I can't, I can't do that. There's, there's nothing to be, um, overly critical about here. This is just of a, of, of a going on two year stretch of just unfortunate events that you just don't have any real control over. It, it, it's just, it's just, you know, what are you supposed to do? Now, uh, the only thing I will say that's close to what you would consider critical would be that there just was, um, it was a bleep show from so many different angles, well before there was even conversation of a, of a hurricane and a tropical depression and a tropical storm and all those things. Before that was ever even a reality, there was a lot of questions, lots of uh, logistical changes from a, a variety of different vantage points, and it was confusing regular attendees it was confusing uh, media that was going to be covering it which that's one thing bonnaroo has done so amazingly over all these 20 years is they they accommodate the media and their guests very very well because they're the ones that are going to be telling you and everybody else and spreading the word about how amazing this festival is when for a large uh, uh, maybe not a large percentage but a good percentage of the people that go to this festival have a miserable time because if you don't do it right it can be miserable but we always paint it. It gets it, the the revisionist history of the of the amazing magic on the farm that uh, that aura that mystique that it has. They've just it's just a a brilliant job of marketing this thing for all these years. That's why it's so popular. It's a rite of passage. If you haven't been to Bonnaroo, you sure as hell aren't as cool as you think you are. And you know, as a child, and when I'm now, I'm talking about a you know a twenty something year old kid. They they can't help themselves. They the FOMO will eat them alive. They have to go to Bonnaroo, and that's because of the uh, the mystique that's been created, and it's uh, it's fantastic. So we were all wondering, what the hell are we doing here? Who can come in? Where can we go? You've changed the entrance. You've changed the the credential pickup. You've changed. There's a box office now, quote unquote. What the hell's a box office at a festival in the middle of a rural farm in, in in middle of Tennessee? Uh, very difficult to get responded to from uh, any angle that you would try so there was a lot of confusion on that end and um, but I'm not again that's just a barely a criticism because I mean you know they were trying they were trying their hardest to put on what would have been an insanely awesome weekend if it weren't for this damn hurricane So let's take a look at some of these. Uh, I just was all day yesterday, copying and pasting uh, just random responses on social medias, just to give you an idea of what just people were saying. And this was well before the cancellation. This was probably around one o'clock on Tuesday. Uh, Nick says the festival has been in serious jeopardy since you've stopped headlining jam artists. Nobody who actively goes to festivals attends Bonnaroo. It's abomination of what it used to be. It's a Walmart of festivals, shitty bands plus Budweiser-esque vendors equals bullshit. Okay, so that guy's just, you know, he's just mad all the way around. Uh, hell no, this was the worst thing ever. If it cancels, I'm done with Rue. The communication is terrible. I got, I get the storm, but it's been the 11th hour with everything. So glad I refunded my ticket after they wussed out the second time. Now they're about to wuss out a fourth time. Again, this was before the cancellation. This is just when they were giving you the opportunity to, uh, to get a refund with the hopes that it would be able to dwindle capacity down enough to be able to get people onto the farm. Uh, Let's see. It says, uh, Mark says Bonnaroo either isn't happening or it's going to be a shit show. Uh, Clarissa says the lineup this year is not worth the conditions. Tennessee floods easily. They need to cancel. Let alone. We're in the middle of a pandemic with record breaking numbers and don't need all the extra people crowding our hospitals. Please Bonnaroo. Consider what you are doing to our community and the surrounding areas. Kaylee says, it would be nice to know if it's canceled before driving from Iowa. Ian says, rough, but crazy to see all these people acting like they would know how to handle an 80,000 person event dealing with a hurricane two days before gates open that they could do it better. Clearly the Bonnaroo team is doing the best they can with insane issues last minute. Justin says, this is going to be absolutely amazing. It just keeps getting better. Less people are going to going to attend. We're going to get a private concert with 40,000 people and some absolutely incredible weather. See y'all Wednesday morning. That just breaks my heart to hear that. Cause I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking to myself, please, please tens and tens of thousands of people refund your ticket, get your money back. Don't deal with this and let us have a, a, a half filled farm. I would be so excited about that and have such a great weekend and I thought that that really might work. I thought it was actually potentially a brilliant way to fix the situation. Because when these tickets went on sale in March, the entire country was starving for something to do, dying to do something fun. And that's why it sold out so damn fast, because it was it was just, we have to do something. We have to go to Bonnaroo. And as the time gets closer, and I said it all year long, Bonnaroo in September is going to suck. Doesn't matter what reason it is. Something Bonnaroo is June. Bonnaroo is not September. But you know, you get here, you get closer, you get weather, you get um, it's it's college football starts this weekend. It's Labor Day weekend. The kids are back in school. Like you don't think about these things back in March. So there was a lot of tickets on the secondary markets. Tons of people all over the country trying to get out from underneath this. I thought that was going to be the saving grace. I thought that would fix it. I thought I was hoping and I, and I, it wasn't um, it wasn't blind faith, it was actually thinking about looking at numbers and looking at how many people were probably going to take this refund. and um, it gave me a lot of hope, a lot of hope. David says, "Mother Nature, she answers to no one." And then Max responds to David and says, in quotes, Oh, you were excited for your little fest after COVID canceled everything? How about one of the worst hurricanes in the United States that they have ever seen? Kick rocks. I'm Mother Nature. Thought that was pretty good. All right, so that was all before. This is stuff halfway through the day. I find out, you know, now there's no festival. I've got a whole show planned on getting ready to go to the festival. So i got to shift on the fly and, you know, Changes the direction of the show. So I started copying and pasting from socials after the cancellation. This is Nick. Y'all going to refund me for literally all the shit I bought for this weekend or my PTO from work or even the extra supplies I bought to be prepared for the weather. And if you don't refund me for my losses, give me the contact info for your legal department. You're going to be you got to be fucking kidding me. I'll never be going to Bonnaroo again. There's a lot of that kind of stuff. Of course, most of them don't, you know, they don't mean any. That's fake outrage, but whatever. At Twills says, they've been sketchy since tickets went on sale. Didn't tell COVID protocol until a few weeks ago. No customer support or phone number to call. Just overly poorly ran. And I can't say that that's an incorrect statement. I can't do that. Taylor says, you can't do this. We just drove 18 hours overnight for this. It's terrible um, Young says Gonna refund me for all the shit I ordered for the festival Chase says Great idea, Rue Let's have a festival in a fucking hurricane season And I'll uh, let the, the a couple more here I, These are the ones I've, I've labeled the mean responses Jimbo says Fans seem to be taking this pretty well, lol Kevin says, what about the fact that you can't even roll over tickets? I bought these on Black Friday in 2019 on a layaway plan. Am I getting interest on the money I spent almost two years ago? Loyal rue goer here, but good luck dealing with this PR nightmare and gaining any confidence back. Dan says, y'all must be new to Middle Tennessee, rescheduling for September when it's either hot as fuck or underwater. And Christian says, unless you guys are 10 feet underwater, this makes no effing sense. Smells like a whole lot of BS to me. And then I lost the pages. Let's see. I got one more here, don't I? Where the hell is it? There it is. I got a few more I'll read to you here. But I, And I lost the sheets that I uh, printed off that had people asking this, but it, it was, I can paraphrase it. It was a very interesting question. What about the people, and this was before the cancellation. If you can get a refund, but you have sold your tickets on the secondary market, how's this going to work? Like, so if I take my ticket, my wristband, and I hand it to you and you give me 300 bucks for it, okay, that's now yours because you're in possession of it. But on the books, through front gate tickets, I think the company is called, and through the credit card and debit card transaction, that's still my, I still am the owner of that ticket. So now, as the owner of the ticket, I can request a refund, and then you will have the wristband that, if the festival does happen, will now be uh, deactivated, and you won't know your wristband doesn't work until you try to walk in the front door of the festival. That's some serious fraud that anybody could pull off. Now, I don't know when it gets into the weeds of secondary markets, of StubHub, and how the legalities work on that. I'm sure there's something that covers people somehow, at least I would hope. I don't know. I don't buy tickets on the secondary market. If I don't have tickets either comped or that I paid for, I don't go. Um uh, just basically a guideline in life for me. But many people do, and that's fine. It's a perfectly valid and legal way uh, to to buy concert tickets, to sell them. but what now so now they're all canceled you know nobody's tickets are any good now no one's going to a concert that's not happening and there was a lot of cash transactions that took place the person who bought those tickets will get the refund what about the person who bought it on the secondary market that's a whole nother tragedy to this that um i've only seen a few people talking about it online because I haven't sat down and really thought about it yet. We barely had 24 hours to think about this. I was worried I couldn't even do the podcast uh, in time because I wouldn't know the fate of how the week was going. This entire situation of the hurricane blast in Louisiana and all of its wake through Tennessee and the the heartbreak of this whole thing on levels that matter, Levels that don't matter much at all and levels that just sort of matter. It's just, it's just, I'm, I'm, I'm running out of words here. A couple more of these and I'll get out and then I'll just tell you a story on the way out and we'll be done for this week. Uh, let's see. Can I roll my ticket over since I've had it since 2019? I think the answer to that is no. Corey says that stinks, but being stuck in the mud in those fields would be a GD nightmare. Hollowback says Bonaru, I'm just as heartbroken and I understand that this was a hard decision to make. We will see you in 2022, and for all those who have negativity to post, keep it. Rule number one was don't be that guy or gal. Respect that, and they tried everything in their power to do this. Cherry Blossom says people crying under the tweet when people in the southeast Louisiana have lost their entire homes from the storm. Good point. Worded, oddly, but good point. Miles says a lot of white guys with names like Brett and Nick are really mad about this. (laughs) That's very true. And um, this is a good question because I have a reason to care. What about tickets that were won in 2019 or 2020? Will they be rolled over? Will those prizes still be guaranteed? Um, I actually won tickets to Bonnaroo twice. I might wait and tell this story uh, another time. Uh, because it's, I'm running late here. As I said, I might go short, and I'm I'm running late. Yeah, I won tickets to this festival twice. I have five entries into Bonnaroo this year. Next year, I might not even be able to get one. But no, you're you're. I guarantee you. I promise you. If you want a ticket to this year's Bonnaroo, you ain't getting one for next year unless you try and enter a contest and win again. One of the things, one of the main reasons that I loved Bonnaroo for so long, for so many years, was not going to be at this year's festival, even if it did happen. And it's something that's very near and dear to me, to my heart, and I will tell you what that is with a little story time coming up next. Now back
1: to more Stone On Air. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. StoneOnAir.com
2: Starting right now, Radio Bonnaroo 101.5 FM, a solid hour of Pearl Jam. album live on two legs Pearl Jam and Alive you'll get something similar to that on the what stage 1015 till whenever they feel like stopping on Saturday night my name is Brian Stone that song alive is one of the first songs that i can remember as a child, 11, to 11, 12 years old, listening to that song is still to this day my absolute favorite song I've ever heard. 101.5 FM here live in Manchester, Tennessee. My name is Brian Stone at Stone on Air and all your social medias. We'll be playing around all weekend long and an hour Pearl Jam continues next with a B side from the 10 album. This song is called Alone. very high likelihood you haven't heard it is right here on radio bonnaroo 101.5 fm in manchester tennessee radio Uh, glass animals are going to be saturday after our evening i believe on the freaking main stage the best sounding stage in america i was really looking forward i've been uh, late to the party with glass animals and I was that was one that the printed off schedule had a big highlighter on I was going to spend most of the weekend between which and what the second and first and second main stages find a tent here and there maybe Uh, tents don't do a lot for me I mean they're fine depending on what's going on if you love the band then you don't really care but uh, damn it. Damn it. So the front end there that is me doing Radio Bonnaroo. I believe no, I know for sure that was 2016. Cuz Pearl Jam played that year and um that was the lowest attended Bonnaroo ever. The uh, Dead and Company were the headliners on Sunday, Pearl Jam on Saturday, and then on Friday was Tame Impala, a middle-aged white man's dream. <laughs> An absolute middle-aged white man's dream. It uh, it's, it still goes, probably is my favorite Bonnaroo. If I had to do best show ever uh, of Bonnaroo's, 16 is, uh, it's, it's it's in the conversation. Anyway, I haven't ranked them. Maybe someday I will do that just for the fun of it, because I do love a list. But um, that was just a fantastic year for me. The only problem with it is it was, I think, you know, it topped out at like 99 degrees. It was a blazing, scorching hot. I'll take it every day over rain. I'll take it every day over rain. And um, so they had to reinvent themselves after that year. And they very much did. 2017 came back with a bang, Lord, and The weekend, a bunch of other pop acts. And they sold the joint out. And that that was a... Freaking incredible, Bonnaroo. Also, um, someday I'll do an entire podcast just talking about every Bonnaroo weekend. Maybe a whole series of twenty podcasts in a row talking about or eighteen all the all the Bonnaroo's. But the point of of this segment is that I was already going to do anyway. It was just going to have a different tone and a and a different approach. Is that what I loved most about the festival? is that it had this incredible like nowhere other radio compound uh, backstage performance studios and uh, press tent area. I mean, the media area was massive. It was like no other festival I've ever seen. And I haven't been to a whole bunch of them. So maybe there's some that rival it. But nobody has their own radio station broadcasting for the entire weekend, 24 hours a day, Not none that I'm aware of. And this was a place that you could go where it really felt like, you know, as as being a a lifelong aspiring like rock and roll critic, journalist, radio guy, you know, one of the dudes that gets to be where all the the real dudes are. Right. If that makes any sense. This was a place where you could go and spend um, if you spent the entire day there the chances are you would see some of the biggest stars in the world of music. Now, the problem is, is they're not there long and they don't want to be there long. And they're, you know, they're moving fast. So if you just pop in every now and again, you know, you might not run into anything. But if you were to stay there all weekend long, you would, you could run into Elton John. You could run into Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, as I did, or Stephen Stills, or um, who is Stephen Wright, the guy on the couch, Kenny Rogers. I'm naming the ones that I've run into Dennis Leary. Um, Les Claypool's there all the time. Ben from a band of horses. Uh, a lot of times, you're standing right next to somebody. They look just like you. You don't even know that they're superstars. Uh, the guy from uh, the English band uh, Catfish and the Bottleman. I didn't even know his name. Gave the guy a hug. Catfish and the bottle, man, I love you. It's like, it's just so cool. And it's not for stargazing. I'm not there to stargaze. I'm generally speaking there to work because. When they first started making this a real priority, I don't know, 15 years ago, five years into the festival, this was a place that had industry standard, sometimes state of the art uh, equipment, monitors, boards, mixers, uh, uh, ISDN lines. I know this is a bunch of jargon, doesn't mean a whole lot to you. Just internet, air conditioning. uh, it, It was a great place to work. And that's what a lot of us were there to do sometimes was just to work. And it was it was fun. It was some of the most fun work I could possibly do. And there were a few years and 2016 was one of them where I was in there off and on every day for hours at a time. But for several years earlier on, I was having trouble like really kind of getting anybody to understand to remember who I was or care who I was. But after a few years of working regularly and being in there all the time, people started to notice. Her name is Laura. She runs the place. Her husband is Tom Hanson. He is the um, what is he? The sales manager, I believe, of Lightning One Hundred in Nashville. And he's kind of a he's an i a tech engineer kind of guy too. So he's on site to help with all the technical stuff. She's just there for check in and for hanging out and helping when she can. She keeps up with all the information, darling people. And after I started working more and more and more and more, they started noticing. And I didn't realize that they were noticing. I'll tell you why I knew they were noticing later. And I started to create a pretty good relationship with these people. And I started to just realize these people are freaking awesome. And they're industry types that I need to know. And the people they know, I want to know them. And this is this is this is this is, this is heaven. <laughs> this is a great place. I don't care if Mick Jagger's standing on the stage right now. This is where I want to be. And so for the festival, they had Radio Bonru that was broadcasting in that radio compound where they just took over one hundred uh, one one hundred one point five FM in, in in Manchester and broadcast all weekend. And they did this for years. And I kept trying to find people who would. I got there to be able to work, and you know we scheduled all that. That was easy as long, as long as you scheduled it. That was good, but to get on the Radio Bonru schedule. Was so difficult for me. For years, I tried and years I tried, and I would talk to him when I got there, and they're like, "We're already full," and you will know, get back with me later. Justin was the name of the guy that uh, ran it for years, and you know, it, he's got people coming up to him every five seconds, like you know, he. I'm just some dude. After a while, faces started to stick with names, and um, that year in 2016, I think it was that year was the first one. It might have been the year before. I'm not sure. It's running together on me. But a Saturday night slot on Radio Bonnaroo opened up, and I was, and and I I was hell yes I'll take it. Scratched all my plans. Didn't see any music all day long. Put together a two hour radio show, just a music focused radio show. Did an hour of Pearl Jam as they were playing the next night. This was on a Friday. The next night was was the Pearl Jam show on the main stage, and um, I mean I was lost. I was so over the moon excited. Because to me, as silly as this might sound, to me, that was my opportunity in my small way to perform, quote unquote, at Bonnaroo. That was me doing what I do the best and that I cherish the most. My greatest pastime in my life, I'm able to do it on this radio station at this festival as an official radio show. It was my chance to perform. I just, uh, I mean, I I know might sound ridiculously stupid to some people. I would, I would understand if that's what you thought. It was a thrill. It was an absolute delight. It was so great. And leading up to it, I was talking to Tom from Lightning 100, and he's not a real chitter chatter guy. This guy, you know, he's all focused. He's all business all the time. His wife, Laura, she'll chat you up all day long. She's a doll. She'll, she'll, she'll small talk you or not. It's up to you, whatever you want. He's not. He's very matter of fact. And I was talking to him about, man, I really want to capture this Pearl Jam show. I want to be able to have it forever because this is that this is that big a deal. It's my favorite band on stage later. It's my favorite band on the radio show. It's my it's my festival. It's my thing. And he went out of his way to make sure that he was able to capture it in the back. That's not something that they really did. It's it, it a very functional state-of-the-art, quote-unquote, as I said earlier, but it's not made for everything. It's in the middle of a freaking 800-acre farm in the middle of Tennessee. There are some limitations. And he got it, and he captured it for me, and he got it to me. I would not have been able to do it without him. And later on that weekend, I ended up doing the Stone on Air show live there, and I did my KZ1 of Sucks uh, shift there. So I was just working like hell. And... Later on, I'm talking to him, and I was telling him I was a little frustrated with my, you know, some things back home with the radio station. I wasn't saying I was, I wasn't uh, being overly negative or or anything. I wasn't fishing here. I was just talking about some of the restrictions and the and the irritations that I had. And he basically said, "Are you looking to get out of get out of Chattanooga and get to Nashville?" And I said, "Uh, I don't, I, uh, I don't know." He's like wrote down his email address, send me a shoot me an email next week. Let's talk all right lightning 100 is not some kind of gig dream miracle gig it's not it's a fun station but you're not you're not going to make any money or get rich being there but just to have the one of the guys in charge of that kind of thing notice me and say hey if you're looking for a gig i might have one for you that meant a lot to me and later on uh, laura at another time had told me that you know, we were talking about something she was like i just want to say thank you for for being here and work and and doing what you do and i'm like wow thank me thank you and the reason that that she was that appreciative is because this is the kind of this is labor of love stuff we're not doing this for nothing get in here and work get in here and use our facilities get in here and use our engineers like oh i'm sorry can i bother you no bother me that's what we're here for that's what this is and um it's been getting cut in funding Year after year after year, uh, they used to have little like T-shirts and hats and gifts they would give to a lot of us that were actually working in. in And it's just been dwindling away. And it was a COVID cut. They're never going to do that again. They said that initially when they sent out the press uh, uh, credential emails that the, the radio compound is gone. And uh, it's just another piece of me just died inside. Just died And so it's just every little Bonnaroo piece of of me has been dying more and more uh, all year long. And uh, I'll wrap it up there. The one one little thing I will follow up on um, when I emailed Tom about, uh, hey, getting together and maybe coming up and meeting him at the station for uh, just a cup of coffee or something. He never responded back. And he wasn't blowing a bunch of smoke. He might have been just telling me something nice I wanted to hear. But like I said, this guy's no nonsense. He's not, hey, yeah, give me a call. Hey, maybe we'll go get a beer or something. Like, he doesn't operate like that. And um, the next year rolled around and on, in 2017, and they're always there on Wednesday, and usually back then I was too. And I went to find people just to say hello and just say, you know, and I usually, hey, Brian, GOW SKZ, Chattanooga, blah, blah, blah. And as soon as I walked around the corner, Laura was like, Brian, hey. And uh, and Tom walked up and put his hand out and said, Brian, I'm sorry. I owe you an email. That'll eventually happen. I, I apologize. And I said, man, I nothing to apologize for, man. Great to see it. And that was the end of those conversations. I was never going to go to work in Nashville anyway. All right. Well, there you go. Little piece of us all has died in the last. Twenty four hours. It is about 1130 on Tuesday, August 31st, and I think I might just try to recreate that goddamn thing I started working on a couple hours ago because I'm going to be up for a while anyway. This podcast is done. I can't do the podcast drunk. I can, but I shouldn't. I can work on audio drunk, so I think I'm going to stay up for a while. Tonight. Hell, I got, oh, next thing I got to do is a meeting at 12 o'clock in the afternoon tomorrow since all my plans to get up and have to do things for Bonnaroo are gone. I said this podcast was going to go probably short. (laughs) Of course, I always run long, and I'm long again today. I love you. Bonnaroovians, we'll be good. We'll be fine. Valley Vibes Festival here locally in North North Georgia. Got a few really good local bands playing at it. I'm going to hit up my guy and gal and see if they can't comp me some uh, tickets since I did a bunch of... Interviews with bands that are going to be playing at it right before the whole Nuga radio thing. I got fired and they went up and smoked. So that's probably what I'll do this weekend. I don't know. Have a good one. See you later. Bye.